If you can't tell if you can't tell somebody how much you pray or what time you get up to pray, if you can't tell me a time frame, then you're probably not spending time with God. And you if you're not taking the time to spend with God, then you're creating false gods. If you're spending more time on other things, those things are turning into a greater glory than God because your attention is spent more on that. Hey, I'm Amani. And this is Elijah. And this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Pastanas Bros. Diving right into the waters right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were, we're, we're told off that we're stupid, and we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call, to be fishers of people, or what we believe, disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas, Rose. What does Piscata mean? If you actually look at it, Piscato is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. <laughs> There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself, but when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. Because what, what, what would really happen if we, if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what, what what would that life be like? 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 Welcome back to this week's podcast. I'm so excited to be back. I know that Woo! it was hard to go away for a second, but you, yes, if anybody, I know a lot of us have gone to college during this time, so I, I know you guys can only imagine what it's like, especially to go out of state like Elijah is. We are in two different time zones. Oh it is goodness, still yeah. before the afternoon, his time, and it's uh, <laughs> in the afternoon <laughs> in this time. So good three-hour yeah, difference. Little, there you go. Yeah, California's crazy, man. It's a lot different than Ohio. <laughs> yes, you got that California dry heat. I, I envy that because yeah, we've had a couple of humid days the first few weeks uh -huh. of disorientation. I, uh, I guess like <laughs> since we've been gone for a moment before we even go into it, I guess I can fill you in on what I've done and then Elijah can fill you in a little bit of what he's done. Mm -hmm. But I know we have something called a pirate week. So the symbol of these, the school that I go to is uh, Marauders at Central State University. And we have this week where they have all the freshmen before they turn into marauders, which is like a different type of pirate. Um, they just do all the stuff. But the bad thing is for me is that I am a sophomore this year. So I relearned a bunch of stuff that <laughs> a lot of people like. It's just like stuff that you would have been known. If you didn't know before, you definitely knew by your sophomore year. But I will say it was yeah. nice to learn some of the different things that they do differently at this university but there was a lot of it that I was like oh lord help me out but it was it's been a fun week I've met a lot of new people and the people here were just like family let me tell you when I moved here like moved in like I went upstairs they and then I didn't by the time I went back down all the RAs and people there helped me load everything into my room like I was like this is amazing like 
I went to college before and had to struggle all that stuff up, but they got it all up. So it's been a good experience so far. We had the first week. Don't want to talk too much on that, on the educational (laughs) portion, but it's been good. It's been good. How about you, Elijah? Oh, man, dude, I got down here in California. I've been down here for a little bit now, and uh, we started. The first thing that we we did is we just got together and um, had prayer. This is a Christian Life College in California, and um, they're a Bible college, and um, what what draw me to this college is they're accredited. I can get a real degree. And it's sad to say, but there's probably 80% of the church or more do not get paid for what they're doing in the church, right? So realistically, if I don't ever make money, I need to be, make money in this world. And so I, need, I needed to find something that could get me. But I also really wanted to get the Bible college experience. So I um, decided that I would go here and we um, have 5 a.m. prayer every day, which I got to say, whew. Like I, I would wake up sometimes and I go to prayer and I'd wake up early for jobs and things like that. But consistently to wake up at 5 a, at 4.30 a.m. every day has been a little bit of a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Wake up at 4.30 and then walk because the dorms are a little bit away from the main sanctuary. So I got to walk probably five or six minutes to get to the main sanctuary. And um, there's been a lot of times I've been really tempted where I'm wearing my suit at 4.30 in the morning because our dress code is suits and then business casual on Fridays, no tie. <laughs> I, I thought business casual was a little bit different, but... Guess, <laughs> it's just no tie. <laughs> just, just no tie. When they described that, I was like, oh, wow. Like that's. Oh, I thought that. it was a little, little bit more casual than that. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. Morning prayer, I mean, as awesome. rough as it, is, as it is to get to mm-hmm. it, once you do it... Yeah. Not only oh, yeah, is it a quiet absolutely. time to do it, but mm-hmm. it's it really sets the rest of your day up. And you may be a oh, little absolutely. tired, but it, it it's a blessing. Right. Yeah, it has definitely been worth it. I've definitely um, really seen results because you know if I wake up in the morning for prayer, usually I'm just in my room in my house. I don't gotta go anywhere. I just start praying. Now the actually fact of I have to get dressed, I have to get up, I have to go walk there. But um, it's really helped out because I decided I told a bunch of guys that were over here. I said I will be here at this spot at four fifty. Whoever's here by 4.55, I'm going to start walking and we'll all go. And so it's been really cool. I've had, met some really great people. And now my, my roommate's like, man, now that you said that, I'm going to go with you. So <laughs> so I at least got him going. And yeah, it's been it's been really cool. Um, so far, we got classes going and learning just so much so much stuff. And it's been it's been really an awesome experience so far down here. So I'm really excited to see what we miss next year for me and you both. Yes, I'm. I, I'm. I think we're gonna come back to completely different people, but in a approved way, and not. <laughs> I know there's been yeah, certain things that have already approved. been changing in my prayer life here in a different environment. It's a completely different environment. I go to HBCU now, so it's yeah. just a different environment. But I, I do like it. I'm excited to start some different mm-hmm. ministries. But I do love the fact that he mentioned morning prayer and putting God first in our day, yeah. because that actually perfectly aligns go. with our topic today. So today's topic there is actually right on there. why would God put us first if we don't put him first? And this is a big mm. issue. Uh, it comes down to not just belief, but actually acting according to our belief. Mm-hmm. But we have a couple of different verses mm-hmm. that we'll go into. But to start, our first verse is in Matthew 6 and 33. And it says, Seek ye the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. I think this yeah. verse right here is pretty self-explanatory. If we 
Yeah. I know I mentioned it a little bit. I don't know if it's the last podcast or two podcasts ago because it's been a while since we podcasts. Um, but yeah. I remember mentioning if you are kingdom minded, the king, I don't think I said it like this, but this is the way I meant to say it. Mm-hmm. But if you are kingdom minded, <laughs> the king will keep you in mind. As long as you're putting mm-hmm. forth the effort and acting on your faith and doing everything that you possibly can to serve God. Mm-hmm then you are in a position to where God can provide for you. And that's not to say that God can't provide for you if you're not living for him at all. But if you are actually submitted to him and acting like an obedient child of God, then you open Mm -hmm. yourself up to those blessings. Absolutely. I mean, it it all goes down to submission. If you submit yourself to God, God is going to bless you for that, right? I mean, God is not going to give you something. He he will give you something. He'll bless you. But if you're not putting in the effort— you're not going to get the blessings of that. Like you reap what you sow, right? So if you're not sowing a lot into God, God's not going to let you reap a lot, you know? So you have to make sure you're putting in that time. I, I love that verse. And that verse really pretty much just sums up this podcast. I mean, that's just, that verse pretty much describes exactly what we're going to be talking about from now on is, is we just need to put God first. And I love, um, you're on to Matthew because Matthew has some good things. Um, first, first chapter in the new Testament, um, and I remember reading all the Matthew a lot as a kid because we started doing the Bible year reading. And I remember a little kid trying to start that. And all mine always started in Matthew and then Genesis. So like Matt, first chapter, then the first chapter of Testament. So I'd be reading Matthew and Genesis at the same time. And I usually stopped because <laughs> I couldn't get it done. But I, I love Matthew so much. But in um, Matthew 10 and 38 and uh, probably finish out the chapter or we'll stop when we see it. But it says in 38. Matthew 10, 38, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Wow. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks to God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people become of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like like theirs. Excuse me. And if you receive even a cup of cold water from one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So in this, God's really just kind of talking about, I mean, you, you take I like how he says, if you, um, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you don't take up that cross, God died for us. He paid the ultimate sacrifice, right? He literally shed his blood, took his life. He was a perfect man. He had perfect blood. He... And I learned about this in class recently, and it was really interesting. Um, but God, um, when a man and uh, when a man and a woman have a child, that child's blood and his DNA, I learned this, is the man's. It is wrapped when it's in the woman's womb. It never touches the woman's blood. That DNA in that baby is of the man. And only until it is birthed does it ever get touched by the blood of the woman. So when God was born, he had the blood of God. That's how he was pure. And when I heard this, I was like, wow, that's really interesting to actually learn that his blood was pure. His blood was of God because he, because God was his father. So, um, you know, God shed that perfect blood. That's how he was able to be perfect. And it wasn't easy. Not saying just because he had that blood, was it easy? He had all the things of the flesh in his life, but he died for us. So he made that ultimate sacrifice. So if we're not willing to just do a little bit, then God's not going to bless us for that. We need to put in to God so he can put into us. 
you can tell that you're at Bible college right now because that was just, <laughs> I would have never thought about yeah. that. That's a really scholarly way to define it. And also like when right? you're talking about the blood it's really too, it's, it's interesting because when you, well, actually let me back it up a little bit. So in the Bible, blood was always a symbol of life too. So not only was he born and married and had only yeah. the blood of the father, AKA God, which he is God. Mm-hmm. So he was fully God like he was mm-hmm. fully man. That's part of the reason why when mm-hmm. it comes to these titles of son, like it didn't say God the son, it said the son of God. And he was also referred to as the son of man because he was both. But he only had his mm-hmm. life through God. The blood is the life. And that's why mm-hmm. when it said the wages of sin is death and they had sacrifices, you had to give a blood sacrifice to p- put life over yeah. your So when we say things like we plead the blood of Jesus, we're pleading his life over people. You're not just pleading yeah. like through his yeah. death, he gave us life because his blood was the sacrifice. His blood is how we live. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, that's kind of like what the spirit is. It's his life. It says mm-hmm. the spirit, his Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus is life. It's a life giving spirit. That's what it is. So when we have his Holy Spirit, we have his life. We have him living inside of us. And that's the only way we can live a life of a sacrifice. So in turn, we have to pick up our cross. So I know like I'm not at a Bible college. I'm at a secular college, but we still have to take every chance and opportunity we get to be a disciple. I know that it's hard sometimes to keep picking up that cross. It's like, oh, do I have to talk to this person? Do I have to share the word with this person? Or that they might be all right if I just kind of like not bring up God at all. But no, that's God is instructing us to take up your cross daily and to be a disciple daily. And not just to be a disciple, but to turn to him daily. We still have to get help from him. But as long as we're kingdom minded, like I said, the king will keep you in mind. But if you're not kingdom minded, it's it's almost scary what this verse says. You're not worthy. Mm-hmm. What does it say here? Mm. It says, you are not worthy of being mine. You're not worthy of being yeah. a child of God. And I would hate for that to be me. Man, yeah. Because, I mean, we're already not worthy. But then God's saying, even in my eyes, you're not worthy. That, that That's powerful right there. God, God, God loves us so much. But he says, if you're not willing to do this then you're not worthy of being mine. Wow. Hmm. It's all about, and it says, if you cling to your own life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. It, We find life in Christ. The thing is, our blood isn't good enough. We need God. That's why it says we need to be born again of the water, born again of the spirit. It is literal. People like to say it's figurative. No, it's not. It it shows time and time (laughs) again in the Bible. Read it in its fullness of the context. As a lot of people like to say, they want to say context and take stuff out of the Bible and put it into the Bible. Mm. No, you take the Bible, the fullness of the Bible, and then you can take other contexts and see if it aligns Mm. with the full context of the Bible and not other sources that were quote unquote Christian because at some point stuff fall off. At some point mm-hmm. there was other things that got in. That's why you have to keep the trueness of his life. And as long as we're aligned with his truth and his spirit and his life and we keep his word first yeah. and we're living according to his word and not in our own will, not in our own wisdom and not in our own knowledge, then we are living for him, we have to live our life as a sacrifice and be willing to even give it up. And 
we may not be actually giving up our life and being crucified per se or killed or persecuted. Like it does say we may be persecuted, but I don't believe it just says that like we have to be willing to give up our fullness of our life, like dedicating ourselves like a sacrifice. It says to live our life as a sacrifice. When you sacrifice something, it's gone. Like you have to give it away fully. We have to give ourselves Mm. away fully in order to truly find life. And we have to do that yeah. with dedication. We can't just do it once Absolutely. or pray once and, oh, I got baptized. So I'm good here. <laughs> or, oh, I yeah. received the Holy Ghost. Uh, and that's all I have to do. No, you not only have to believe, but you have to act. So just continuing on, uh, we have the next verse here. It is Proverbs 3 and 7. And it said, do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil i'm gonna read that again do not be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil this is really interesting because i actually watched a video a little bit ago i I don't know who all has heard of the channel truth unedited i don't agree with everything on that channel by the way there's a lot of conspiracy on there but there are something a lot of the things i do like about some of these channels is that they do have historical facts that i never thought to look at Mm -hmm. and especially in the age that we live in now during covid and stuff like you look at certain things and here's the problem with for example science Science, there's yeah. science is real. Don't even, don't even try mm-hmm. to act like it doesn't exist. It, there is like the aspect of what certain laws and the way that certain things work. It's true, the, mm-hmm. the way things, but here's the thing. Science is actually a new term because the people who are quote unquote yeah. scientists, it used to be called a philosophy before it was called science. And here's the thing. Mm. When the issue, like, if you look at different scientific websites, they talk about our goal is to get knowledge. Our goal is to get knowledge, but they don't acknowledge God. So if you try to get knowledge, but you don't acknowledge God, you'll never get wisdom. It's just information. I know I had a friend at that deaf conference. I don't know if we mentioned that on that episode where we talked a lot about that. But she was talking about how, like, just knowledge without God, it's just information. But knowledge yeah. with God, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So mm. you can have all the information of the world. And it talks about how in the last days, like people are going to have so much access to knowledge. And we have the internet. We have access to really yeah. any kind of knowledge that we want. Like as mm-hmm. much as what's out there, like we have more than our brain can physically contain worth of knowledge that yeah. we can go out and find. But without God, we can't understand it. We can't actually apply it correctly yeah. without God because God is the one that made all this information. So without yeah. him, if we don't acknowledge God, we can't have true knowledge. And yeah, a lot of times, you know, people want to blame God for not showing up or like, oh, we didn't. Or, <laughs> for example, now, like, <laughs> God didn't cure this. We did that's an attitude God doesn't like. It's not that we can't do things because there's plenty of plants and stuff that God put on this earth that we can mm-hmm. use to help ourselves. And maybe even some medicines. I'm not going to be the one to say what is and doesn't work. That's between you and God and your convictions. But what we do know is that we do need to trust in God through all of it. It's not through our own wisdom. So I know a lot of times 
when something tragic happens and then people try to fix it, they try to say it's not God. And that's when the real issue happens. I know, for example, 9-11, there was massive repentance after that because we didn't yeah. understand and we had no one else to turn to. And when God, we turned to God, that's when we felt peace. But now during this whole COVID yep. situation, we're having a massive issue turning to God. And as long as we don't, we're never going to experience peace. It's only through God that we can achieve godly rest. So until then, we can't really be mad. And the bad thing is, if you realize the Bible says that unbelief is a sin. So it's not even, it's bad enough that you believe and don't act, but it's even worse when you believe, don't believe at all. Because, yeah. And it's sad to watch some people because people will go like, say, God's not real. God's not real. I'm not going to acknowledge him. I'm going to blaspheme him. Mm. And then when something bad happens, wow. they're like, oh, where was God? Why would, mm-hmm. like, not saying that God will never show up for you, but why would he be there for you if you just yeah. do nothing but slander his name? Blasphemy is a massive sin. It's yeah. a massive sin. But if you do nothing but slander his name or you do nothing but not obey his commandments, why would God come up to you? It said this last verse that we read, if you're not willing to bear that cross, then you're not worthy of having it. And, it's, and his mercy is always there for us. It doesn't mean that his love is gone because we're not worthy. But we need yeah. to make sure that we are actually committed and actually are submitted to God. Yeah, I mean... When I'm thinking of somebody in in the Bible that I I truly just think gave their life to God, there's so many people, but I just I love the story of David because there's so many different times in David's life where he messed up. I'm not, we're not gonna act like David is the most perfect person in the Bible, but God did say it was a man after His own heart, and he was a man after God's own heart because of His worship, His praise, and putting God first. When he messed up, what was the first thing that he always did? He always was like, God, that's all me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm a wretched soul. And I mean, if you read Psalms, Psalms has so many different things about um, David just singing God's praises through highs and lows. David was there putting in everything he could to God. I mean, David was a young man when he was anointed king. And he fought Goliath, and then he went towards the kingdom, and then he had to go away for so many years running from King Saul. I mean, it would be a whole lot easier for David to just have been like, it honestly doesn't matter. I'm I'm kind of done with this. And he was uh, had opportunities to do a lot of different things and, and do things the wrong way. He could have killed Saul. He could have done this. He could have done that. And it would have been so easy for David to do the wrong thing, not put God first, but to do, you know what? I was promised this by God, so I'm going to make it happen, or I'm going to do this. It's going to be what I want. And by putting God first, by putting his kingdom first, by by doing God's will, he was blessed and known as the man after God's own heart, even after sin. And we think the main one with David, uh, with him and Bathsheba, but really it was after that, that God said David was a man after his own heart. Because even after David was like, you know what, God, my God is still my God. I love Jesus. I'm going to follow God and I'm going to live my life after God. And so I, I just love the story of David. There's so many instances where it wasn't easy. I mean, and obviously the this walk with God and putting God first isn't going to be easy. And the question comes to my mind is how do we explain it to people? How do we... As disciple makers, disciple someone and explain to them about putting God first and him putting you first. What happens when when we put God first, we don't feel 
God put anything after? How do you explain that to somebody? How do you explain that God is the great I am and that he will bless you, but you need to just put in the work first? Sometimes that's hard to explain. But if we go and we read with them the Bible and we go and we commune with these people and we show them, hey, you know what? And we go by example, you know, something in, you could give instances of your life or people that you know, say, hey, you know what? I, I was living a bad life until I started putting into God and it took a while, but God started blessing me and I'm here with you right now as an example. Say, hey, God will do it if you put it in, but you just got to put it in. You have to show them examples. Some people need examples. Some people can't just do it right there off the thing, cuff, just saying, okay, you know what? Some people can and some people can just go, you know what? I believe in God 100%. I'm going to do that, but sometimes it takes more and it takes more and more. So we need to make sure that we are um, – living that life and giving them that example of uh, in ministry to show them that God is always there. Like, like David, we need to make sure we put God first in everything, even when it's not easy, when it's not convenient, but putting God first. Yeah. So just kind of going back to what he was saying, like when you're discipling people, one thing that people also have an issue is with faith because the scripture says that God is not a man that he should lie. God is beyond something he's something that we can trust he's a spirit that we can trust but a lot of people you know we deal with all sorts of people so now we have this whole new entity that we have and we realize that like god is sovereign but sometimes people have a hard time putting forth faith but it takes that faith to do the works and it takes that faith in order to push and to trust god it's all a lot of times it just comes down to trust issues but you have to trust in what you can't see and that's the hardest thing to do. There's certain things that you are going to see, but there's going to be a lot of things that you're not going to understand. And the biggest thing that you're going to have to realize in this Christian walk, and I'm going to say it time and time again, because this is the biggest thing that helped me in my relationship with God. When you understand that you won't understand everything in the Bible and understand everything that God does, when you understand that you won't understand everything, then you'll understand God. Because that's when he's able to reveal stuff to you. And the thing is, too, we have to depend on God. It's not just call him on every once in a while. We have to continually depend on him and continually have him on our mind. And that's how we do his work. So I know a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, you, you just have to believe on God and you'll be saved. But that's completely taken out of context because even the demons believe. But we see where they're at. It's it's not ending up well for them. But here's the thing. I just yeah. realized this like a couple, a little bit ago, because I've always heard this verse and I was like, it makes no sense how people can't understand it. But here's the thing. They omit the fact that every time it talks about people aren't saved by works, it talks about mm-hmm. the works of the law. We had a whole episode on the mm-hmm. law and how rooms, the worlds yeah. did not redeem. It was the works mm-hmm. of the law because people did that to make themselves righteous. You cannot be righteous through the law. You can only be righteous through Christ, which takes submission. There's still commands. There's mm-hmm. still things we have to do. We still have to take up our cross every day. And if you neglect to do that, just because you believe Jesus existed, doesn't mean that you're going to be saved. Yeah. We have oh, to absolutely. be willing to do work. We have to be willing because it says it's not you working when you're obeying God. It's the spirit that works through you. And that's one thing people neglect and forget to realize. It's not like how some people believe that works save you in the sense that, oh, if you give your alms and you do whatever you want, you don't obey all the commandments. But if you do some good works and you're a good person that saves you, you can't be a good person without God. It's a good spirit that lives inside of you. That's what it is. It's Jesus because Jesus is everything good. 
So when we have that inside us and we allow that to work through us, that is the good works. Good works is not anything of the law and it's not even doing things that quote unquote make you a good person. Because if being a good person saved you, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But it's not only the submission to God and turning to him and his grace, but it's also allowing his spirit to work through us. And it's not, like I said, it's nothing that we can just do physically, but we have to let that work through us because there's certain things that it's going to work through us that we can't physically do. There's certain gifts of the spirit that we may even work through um, and knowledge that we may have when we have a spirit. Recognize the works of the spirit is nothing that we can possibly do. And I, I keep reemphasizing it. I know I'm repeating myself because I want to draw that point. And that's the only way some of us can retain information is by repeating a point we're not saved by our works but our faith is proved by works and if you believe that belief saves you that belief has to be accompanied by faith and faith is dead without works so your belief in god is dead without allowing the spirit to work through you it's not you it is the spirit that is working through you and like i said it's not that it saved you to do whatever works we can't be a good person without them yeah and it's not possible to, it's not saying that if you just do these things and don't obey his commandments, because when you are working, you have obedience and you're working. It's not yeah. that you can do some works to cover for your disobedience because mm. sa- obedience without yeah. sacrifice, that's obedience is better mm. than sacrifice. So it's better for oh, you absolutely. to just be obedient than to just do all these good works and not obey. So when yeah. you have obedience and accompanying that with you living your life as a sacrifice and living for others and to do his will in obedience and in full submission and taking up that cross and being a disciple, even when it's not comfortable and even when you feel persecuted, that is when God really sees you. Not that he doesn't see you because he's omniscient. He can see you whenever, but that's when he sees you and that's when he really can use you and anoint you for his calling. Absolutely. And and going on the next point that we have here in Jonah 2 and 8, it says, um, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. So when we think about false gods, I know um, if you've been in church for a long time, you've probably heard this, but but just important to say that those who may have not heard this, that false God can be anything you put your time into. And we create these false gods and we create these these things that that should just be minute, but we put so much time into them. I know literally like just spending time on Instagram, spending time on TikTok, what are you putting your time into? Are you putting more time into something than God? Because then that's creating a that's creating a false god. You putting time I mean honestly I've heard it said before and it, it is a it is a bold statement, but you can even you can even have church as a false God. You could be spending more times on your works in church. And if you don't ever spend time with God, then you're doing it in vain. And you might as well not be doing it at all at some point. I mean, it's good to always be doing that. And you can't say it's not, you shouldn't do it because you need to do it. But if you are only putting your works into church things, that can be a false God. If you put all your thing into something and don't put any time into God, reading your Bible, praying, fasting if you're not putting time into that and if you can't tell me how much you pray you can't if i ask you what how much do you pray every day you probably don't have a prayer life with god 
If you can't tell if you can't tell somebody how much you pray or what time you get up to pray, if you can't tell me a time frame, then you're probably not spending time with God. And you if you're not taking the time to spend with God, then you're creating false gods. If you're spending more time on other things, those things are turning into a greater glory than God because your attention is spent more on that. Now, obviously, we have days, and, and I'm not going to say I've never had more time in a day where I've spent playing video games and I spent praying. I could have maybe woke up in the morning, prayed, still had that prayer time, but then spent five or six hours playing video games and maybe only spent two hours praying or something like that. And that happens, and that is what it is. And if you are taking the sacrifice of praying, then that's what you need to do. But if you're not taking that sacrifice of praying or reading your Bible or anything, and then you do those things, that's when you're creating a false God. If you're not putting any time at all to God. Now, obviously, you do more things in a day, and God's not going to get all your time. But when when you have that free time and you choose, I'm going to spend time with God over these other things, then you are now creating um, God being your all time. I mean, we love God and we all want to do stuff for God. And we, we do waver. I mean, let's be honest. We all waver and we do things, like I said earlier. But if we are trying, that's when the false gods leave. But we need to make sure that if we find ourselves doing stuff and spending more time on stuff and putting more effort into things, then we will never, we're not, we're not going to fully experience God's love if we, if we cling on to all these other things. God should be the one we turn to. And if we're not turning to God and we're not making sure that we spend those time, time with God, then there's really no point in, in spending any time with him at all. Yes, exactly. And I love what you said. Like, if you can't give a time frame, or I would even in- inject in there a location or two where you pray. Mm-hmm. Because if you pray yeah. continuously, you probably have a place you know where to go. Like, this is my little closet. Yeah. This like is the edge of my bed. Yeah. This, I yeah. don't know, maybe even the bathroom, your car. Like, <laughs> you just go all the way to your car yeah. every morning. Like, yeah, you would absolutely. know. You would be able to know off the back of your hand if you did it enough. That's how you know it's enough. If you can give exact like time frame and it, I, I get it because my prayer time like sometimes it's two hours three hours sometimes it's only an hour and 30 minutes based yeah, off of, but usually you i know the time frame like this is the time i dedicate mm-hmm. like this is the time i plan yeah. this is the time i usually time I wake do up it. this is yeah. the where i will do it and this is mm-hmm. when i do it, and that's still doing that and I, I love too how he mentioned how a ministry become can become kind of like your god because mm-hmm. the thing is that people m- miss a mi- big misconception a lot of people have is that they forget that a ministry should be a product of your relationship with God, but it, your ministry is not your relationship with God. That's just the fruit of your relationship with God. Because I think one of the scariest verses out there is that it said, not everybody who called Lord, Lord shall be saved. Not everybody mm. who healed, cast out demons in his name will be saved. Yeah. But it's mm. those who have a relationship with you because he's going to say, I never knew yeah. you. So even though you knew about him and you knew about mm-hmm. the power that he had, if you don't spend yep. time with them, then he's not going to know you. Like, obviously, he knows who you are, but you need to yes. take the time to, per se, introduce yourself and say, hey, yeah. like, here's, <laughs> yeah. I, here I am, your son. This is yeah. who I am. And Absolutely. I'm going to talk to you every day. I'm going to keep you in the loop. You know, <laughs> I would hate like if I yeah. were a father. Like, for my mm-hmm. kids to never say hi to me because it's like, yeah, obviously, absolutely. I know who you are. I was part of your creation process. You know, I yeah. raised you up, but then, you know, you you never talked to me. So it's like, I don't know mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. I know just recently there was a new newer convert at our church back in Ohio. And, and they were saying, like, 
um, I've never prayed out loud. And I mean, I've heard this before, I'm, but they were talking about how they never prayed out loud because they didn't understand why. Like, if God can read my thoughts, why do I need to pray to him? But it's the same, the same thing like you said. Like your father, he kind of knows you. He'll, if By watching you just alone, people can kind of know your tendencies, but never have a communication with you, then you don't have a communication with them. If you're not opening your mouth saying, God, here I am. I know you knew who I am. I know you know my thoughts. I know you know my needs, but I'm giving them to you. Because the act of giving them to God and putting God first, like we're talking about in this episode, God will then take those needs and take them. And if he chooses to heal you, chooses to make the make the things that you need turn good, or maybe his, his he goes back to you and says, you need to carry this a little bit longer. I'm I'm not going to bless you right now, but I'm going to I'm going to let you carry that because there are times when God lets us carry those things and and not everything turns right exactly when you think it should. But God will give you an answer and he'll be there for you, but you got to talk to him. Like you said communication is so important. I mean, in any friendship, any relationship at all. If you want to talk with them, you have to talk with them. You can't just, it can't just be, oh, I look, I'm looking at them and we understand each other. That's not how it works. You have to communicate. You have to actually communicate. Yes. So another thing that just popped in my mind, I know I just talked about how communication is key and that's key in any relationship, whether that be a friendship, whether that be with, I don't know, you and your boss, whether that be a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, mother, father, whatever, like. It doesn't matter. Like you have to communicate with these people so they feel left outside of, you know, having obedience to God. But another thing I just realized, too, is that another issue of it not being a product. Well, here's there's two real issues here. When you do ministry and you're not praying, it's not a product of your relationship with God. That's just you. So that's your ministry and not God's ministry. Additionally, when you're not communicating with God, that means that you don't have any direction. That you're, you have no direction because you are not committed to the one who has the plan. You're making your own plans with your ministry if you're doing ministry without God. But with him, he'll give you direction and he'll lead you to where you can prosper. He'll lead you to where you can have success. But the thing is, you have to be dedicated. And it reminds me when you read the Old Testament, you can see that he was, a, he was a zealous God. He was, did not, yeah. he was very angry when they erected idols, when they would, do do other things and not commit their time to him and the thing is like it's kind of like you know having you know a relationship with somebody like if you're giving time to all these other people and you give it more like it's not that like you can't do other things but if you do more with other people and other things the person in that other end of the relationship especially the one that's supposed to be your biggest relationship like i'm talking about love you know then Mm -hmm. they're not going to feel loved they're not going to feel like you're making a priority. So then yeah. it's it's an issue. And I know we just have to make him first. And it's hard sometimes, I know, to get up in the morning to pray, to do it real quick in the evening. I've realized that that is an issue that I've had. I've never... Well, I can't say I've never had a problem getting up in the morning, but like <laughs> that was an easier habit for me to establish. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I'm not not saying that I was ever just perfect at it, but like I did that. But then I neglected to also end my day in prayer because mm. when I end my day in prayer and reading, I, I have trouble sleeping a lot of times. But when I've been ending my day in prayer and reading, I've been able to sleep well. And I've also got up in the morning ready to pray because I ended God, I not ended God. My ended my day with God on my mind. So then, I yeah. woke up with God on my mind, and 
like Elijah was mentioning earlier, as long as we cling to other things, we'll never fully be able to experience the love of God. God should be the one that we turn to at all times. We have to be willing to turn to him because if we don't turn to him, we're not going to experience his mercy and we turn away from his mercies. But when we turn to him, that's how we truly experience him because that's what repentance is. That's all God wanted people to do all throughout the Bible is turn to him because he's willing to lead you. He knows exactly where you need to be. He knows exactly where you have to go. But if you don't turn to him, you can never get that direction. But you have to humble yourselves and pray and to turn to him. That is what repentance is. It's not just saying, I am sorry. It is returning to him. And that's one thing. We say it, but we don't do it. We say, God, Mm. I'm sorry. But we don't turn. We don't make efforts to change. We don't make an effort daily to pray to him. Because it's more than just sorrow. It is changing Mm -hmm. and going in a God direction instead of a me direction. It's not a my ministry it's a god ministry so if we are doing ministry we have to be submitted to god and have him give us our direction because that direction is turning in a different way than what we could possibly Mm. do yeah but absolutely that's powerful yes going forward into the next i believe this might be this might be our last verse um but it's colossians three and five And it says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Let me read that again. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the Ooh, things of God. this world. It's yeah. really weird, because when you are sinning, you're not just turning away from God. You're putting something above God in your life. Yeah. And I think one thing that we forget, idolatry is the number one sin, like, God wants you to put him first above others and then people in front of you. So if we do that in the wrong order, then that's idolatry. I think a lot of people don't realize, like, sin is a definition of idolatry. Sin is a definition of ways that you could disobey God. So when you're disobeying him, you are saying that something is better than him and something that, Mm. you know, I may listen to God a little bit, but he's not first. That's This is what Hmm. this verse is exposing to us is that. We have to put him first in all things and even above our own desires because we can make our Mm -hmm. own self. And I know somebody even said sometimes we can make our bellies our God, like when we want (laughs) to eat all the time and be gluttonous. But we have to be willing to put everything. That's why fasting is so important because some people may be able to put up all sorts of other other guidelines so that they don't do some of these sins of this mentioned but certain things will never come out of your life without fasting so when you fast you're also denying yourself above like you can deny other things but a lot of people have trouble denying themselves that's why fasting is another thing some translations which this is why some people have such a uh this uh a dislike towards certain translations because some translations actually write out fasting as a need God instructs us to pray and fast. So when we're taking up that cross, and it's not that we have to fast every day, but we do have to do it because some things are never going to break unless we fast. Um, 
But like I said, once we submit and put all things under subjection to God, yeah. that is when we're not doing idolatry. But it's just recognizing that anything else that is idolatry. And I think it's just, it's weird because you don't really think of it. Like you think, oh, maybe I'm not being a little bad, you know, I'm just a little yeah. bad sometimes, but you know, I'm still a good person at the end of the day. No, if you just doing it, sometimes you, you have, you have an idol, something else yeah. is your idol and you may not Absolutely. ever see it. Cause I'm, you may be like, I'm not addicted to drugs, pornography, going somewhere. You, you may be like, I'm not addicted to that. So I'm good. No, if you're putting anything above, if you even sense sometimes, like it's like, I just sense sometimes that's still certain. And it's not saying that you're ever going to be perfect, but you have to put it to death. That's why it says you have to die daily because that's what your carnal self wants to do. We have to live through his spirit because it's only through Christ that we can live. When we are kingdom minded, the king will keep us in mind. And Mm, the only way that we could ever truly do the purpose of God is to put everything else below. We have to consecrate ourselves daily because we are a temple holding his spirit. We are a temple. So we have to live like we are one. And if we're not living like one, I think it's also interesting when you read in the Old Testament, too, when it talks about the temple. The temple was a place that was sacred, and that's where God's Holy Spirit was. And you had to keep it clean, and you had to continually burn it in incense. And you had to keep it clean, and I was also sent to burn a strange fire. And we need to make sure that we don't have a strange fire in our lives. We have to put out those strange fires and continually have the incense of prayer, fasting, Mm. and just committing and continually having him on our mind because that's how you take care of a temple. And it says now we are Mm -hmm. temples. We are temples. Our body is a temple. So we have to take proper care of it and do his will and to put him first. Because if you're not taking care of your temple, that means you're not putting God first. Yeah. And as long as you don't put God first, that's going to be an issue. But we have to keep praying. And we have we to have stay to. committed, dedicated, and consecrated in order to do Absolutely. the will of God. And so God, you know, like I said earlier, some people are like, why isn't God moving in my life? Because you don't believe. And it's not that, like, God's yeah. still moving in your life, but you're never going to see yeah. it because there's certain things you can only see through faith. Certain things you can only mm-hmm. understand through faith. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we have mm-hmm. to turn to him. The whole Bible is about repentance, and it instructs us what to do after repentance. So as long as we turn to him, we'll have direction. But anything else, like it said, when you're not turning to him, you have something else in your life and you have to purge it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is this is such a – I remember when we were looking at this podcast, why would God put us first if we don't put him first? And, and immediately I thought – I saw that. It, it shook something up in me. We need to make sure that every day – it's an everyday act truly, putting God first. Living for God is an everyday decision. Um, I talked to, we talked about it at, at our Bible college. It is, it, it's easy if you're surrounded by God, you know, or not surrounded by God. In my situation, I, I am in a Bible college and, and for me, um, it would be easy for me to not go to five o'clock prayer. I mean, first of all, like not everybody goes to that anyway, but I could just pray in my room and I could just say, I'm not going to do that. Or it could be easy for me just to go to these classes and, and learn about God, but never work on my relationship with God. It could be easy to just be like, well, you know, in this class, I learned about the Bible. So I don't need to do my Bible reading today. I, I just learned about something. So I don't need to do that. It, it'd be easy for me to not do that. And then for Amani's situation, you know, he isn't in that. So his daily dose is making sure he's reading or praying, reading the Bible and, and praying. But for him, it 
it's going to be harder because he doesn't have those people around him. He doesn't have God all the time around. So it's going to be a different situation. But in anything and everything, what we have around us, everybody has a different situation. Nobody is the same in how their walk with God will be. But we need to make that decision every day, no matter how hard or how easy that decision will be that morning. We need to make sure if it's a hard day, I'm making that decision, I'm going to serve God. If it's an easy day, I'm not going to just be like, well, yeah, this is just, an, I'm going to make sure I'm saying it in my head. This is the decision decision I'm making because on those easy days, if you just go and, oh yeah, I'm just doing it. But if you say, this is the decision I am making today, that means the hard days, you know what? I, you could say, you know what? It may be a hard day, but every day so far, I've said I'm making the decision. So today I'm making that decision to put God first because eventually he'll bless you and he'll keep you. And honestly, if we don't ever see those, those things on earth and we don't always come to that on earth, we will see it in heaven and we will be blessed in heaven with that. So we need to make sure that every day we are giving God our all because without, without putting God first, we will never, we will never truly, um, be able to, to have a relationship with him if we're not putting him first, man. Thank you guys so, so much for, uh, staying with us with this podcast. And then we missed a couple weeks because of the transition in our lives. And, it, it was a little hard. We really wanted to not have to take a break, but we just kind of decided with, especially with the time difference, even finding a time to do this. And it's not going to be so easy from now on. I mean, we, we found a time today and we're going to be going out and finding different times uh, to do it. But we really feel like this is something important in both of our lives, not just to give it to you, but for us too, to have this talk, uh, talking with each other and, and doing study on these specific things is helping us too in our relationship uh, with God and with each other. We're going to get to commune with a, a brother, fellow brothers, just communing and talking about God. And we think it's so important to have that communication and we want you to go out from this podcast and, and talk to people about these topics or just even if you're not talking about these topics I hope this encourages you to go out and be disciple makers and have communication with people because that is so important to just be talking with with people and, and talking about God yes and I really hope that you guys are starting to pick up on the mission we're trying to help spread this information in so many different mm-hmm. ways but at the end of the day it's about picking up your cross and turning to God yep so I hope that you really take this mission of discipleship to heart. But yes, I hope that you will stay engaged in our social media. You can feel free. We, first of all, we want you to talk to God, but feel free to talk yeah. to us too. We want to hear some <laughs> feedback. If you're on Apple Absolutely. podcast, leave a review. If you're on social media, leave a comment, leave a DM, reply to one of our stories. We would love to have you. We, I know we're going to have a Q&A coming up soon. So we'd love to hear any of the questions that you have. And we'll be able to answer that on a couple different podcasts episodes so i definitely look forward to that but outside of that yes thank you again for joining in with us i pray that you have a blessed day and let god work on you put him first remember this message and just have a wonderful rest of your day god bless